podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Blue Room. This is your weekly show. Coming a little bit later than usual, uh, partly because I had a few issues with technology, but maybe as well just because we've all been putting off talking about this football match on Saturday for as long as possible. But it is here. It is happening tomorrow. Everything are going to walls. They are off the relegation zone. There's two games left, but it's still really tight and horrible. Uh, joining me now to go through what should be a cathartic experience and hopefully to tell you all why it's going to be all right. Um, Jake Mills is here. Jake, we got beef free on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday, mate. So I had to ask you to come on, didn't I? Um, yeah. I that know. is the rule. I'm here to play my part. I, I know it by now. <laughs> and Paul McFarlane as well. Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, I think you invited me onto the show tonight, Matt, to give you my experience of Everton last day of relegation dramas, haven't you? I mean, yeah, I mean, anything we can get at this moment of time, I think, is is fair enough. But um, we, were just, we were just saying that actually about how it's a year to the day uh, since the, the comeback against Crystal Palace, which, of course, oh, cured our... Yeah, of course, cured our Premier League survival last season. Um, uh, and of course, Danny was. We would have stayed up even without winning that game anyway. Well, yeah, let, I mean, let's not talk about that. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'll come to you first on it, on it Paul. Has, has what's happened since changed how you'd look back at that game? Because I think, you know, at the, at, you know, at the time, I remember doing the post-match podcast after that and the elation and the relief that everyone felt was was incredible. Um, I think we all sort of lived it through this sphere of this hasn't happened to us for a long time. You know, the way we got out of it was so dramatic, but you know, hoping down the line that it would never happen again. It'd be like a massive wake-up call for the club. But but here we are a year on in exactly the same position, more or less. Has, has it changed the way you look back at that night and, and the way in which it was so dramatic and such a relief or not? Yeah, I think so, because... Uh, uh... Looking back on that game, there was, there was kind of a feeling of optimism, wasn't it? We, we, we'd stayed up. You know, we, we, there was kind of this view that there'd be some you know, considerable spending in the summer, maybe. And then you know, there was this kind of judgment that maybe Lampard was the manager because he got the club, he got the fans, he was such an upgrade on Benitez. So I think you know, when we're all considering where we'd be this season, I don't even think the most pessimistic blue had us down as being stuck in this relegation situation again. And it's funny, you know, Matt, I remember our first, before the first home game against Chelsea, did a pod with you, Alan Feely, I think it was as well. And I jokingly said, we know it's going to happen. Cavaloon's going to get injured in the first game of the season. And <laughs> kind of the, it, the, the loss of Cavaloon has been as being catastrophic. And you know, the the abysmal situation we found ourselves in January with the, with the failure to bring any players in during the transfer window, getting rid of the manager far too late when he should have gone after the, the, the double Bournemouth debacle. It's just, just been a really, really frustrating season. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, I think most Blues are, you know, desperately hoping that we stay up, but also prepared to accept that because of the, you know, the years of mismanagement of the club, it would be no surprise if he went down. I hope it doesn't, I really hope, really hope it doesn't come to that though. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, Jacob, it felt like, after last year, everyone just sort of took a big deep breath and the right guard, hopefully that doesn't happen again. And then didn't really do anything to make sure it it, it it didn't happen again. Like, And it feels like this time, if we were to do it either tomorrow or we can't confirm it tomorrow, can we? But if Leeds were to lose on Sunday and Leicester to get beat or you know, we beat Bournemouth next week to do it again. It feels like the reaction wouldn't be quite the same again, sort of trying to take the temperature of the fan base a little bit. 
no, the, it, this whole time feels so different for me. I think you look, I, I look back, this, this sounds, sounds awful really, but um, hopefully you understand where I'm coming from. I look back at those last number of games last season almost as really like, I, they, they were almost enjoyable experiences last year. You know, there was moments, there was massive moments last year. You know, the Newcastle game, the Arsenal game, obviously the the um, the game against Palace. There were moments. There was, you know, there was almost like, especially near the end of the of the season with the with the coach welcomes and all of that. Those feelings were almost like a festival feeling, and I think they came from. Don't get me wrong; at the time, it's absolutely horrific, but I think there was a feeling of we didn't really, generally believe we were going to go down, and so we we almost, as I said, in hindsight, you look back at those times, and it was like every, everything was about: Are you going to meet the coach? Are you going to get some get some cans, and we'll go meet the coach, and we'll all have a laugh, and we'll sing, and actually. We 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 thrived in that atmosphere because we actually enjoyed being in it, and yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. That being said, I think my my health <laughs> deteriorated a lot last year, and and certainly in that Palace game when, um, when at half time, I remember being really down, and you know, there's a couple of moments during last season, like the Burnley loss, when I was like, oh god. I don't think I ever truly believed that we were going to go down, and I think we we all thought it was a bit of a you know, a fluke, it was just a bit of a, how has this happened? This season feels the complete opposite. This season genuinely feels like there's a, there's a feeling of dread around the place, almost a feeling of inevitability where, you know, even when we try to do the coach welcomes, they've been totally different. They have not been the same, like almost like joyous type of let's drag these boys across the, the, the line. It's been a, a total disconnect. There's been a lot of things that have happened this season. And I actually feel like the general feeling up until late has been that it, it's inevitable. And actually, we we believe that we can and possibly will go down. And does that take it away from the from the from the game last season? I think it it does in some ways. I think, you know, we'll always have that moment. Football is about moments, isn't it? And and you'll always remember moments. You'll always remember how you felt, who you were with, what you did, how you celebrated. And and no one can ever take that moment away. But that moment is definitely um yeah, you know, the fact that we've had the season that we've had now following that, it it, it does take it away from a out of the blue, can't believe we escaped that type of moment to actually that was the beginning of the end type of feeling at the moment. And it, yeah, it's it's a it's a really I you know, don't get me wrong, I know I know everybody's fixtures. I've known everybody's fixtures for probably the last eight weeks. I've known absolutely and and, and yeah, it's it's just yeah, last season there was optimism. This season just hasn't really felt that. Yeah, I think Les always uses the example of like the two relegation battles we had in the nineties, where it was like the first one against Wimbledon. It was like this is a one-off, and like that's kind of what last season was like. Right, right, we you know we're here. We shouldn't be here, but we are, and we're going to do all we can. And then the one that came after that, the Coventry one, it was a case of sort of well, you've been asking for this by the way you've been act as a football club and the decisions you're making, and it's like well, you've been warned once. And now it's happening again. And like that, that's kind of what this one feels like, isn't it? A little bit. It, it is. And and what I would add to that is that you don't get a third one. 
So yeah. <laughs> you know, you, 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 that the third one is not is not this again. The, the third one becomes the type of you know Southampton type of feel of you know it's it, it's going to happen. So um, so yeah, hope to, obviously hope to God. I've gone through every emotion this season where I've I've been like. I, we're not getting relegated to. We might get relegated to. We are get getting relegated to. I hope we get relegated. It'll be the best. <laughs> the, the whole like denial to acceptance to actually looking at as an opportunity. Absolutely everything. But yeah, you know, I think the the game against Brighton. I think to to almost contradict myself a little bit. I think that did inject the optimism a little bit. Uh, where you were actually like looking forward to some games and even going into City when I think everybody knew. Um, you know, the inevitable was going to happen, you know, the end of the City game, I think because of the Brighton one, it did inject that optimism and I do think that it is it is potentially dead again now. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the, the other differences about this season, I think, Paul, compared to the last one is that, you know, Jake went through so many of the, the big moments of last year and, you know, you think of a Wobie 99th minute, you think of Anthony Gordon against United, Richarlison against Chelsea and then obviously what happened with with Dom and, and Crystal Palace, but you know, the last few weeks at, at home, the form has been dreadful, hasn't it? And like the big moments, the ones you sort of look at and go, wow, you know, Ella Sims' goal against um, Chelsea. It's Chelsea, yeah. You know, you look at the Brighton game, like it feels like at the moment, like the, the better moments, and I'll, I'd listen, our away record is still really poor, but like the big moments that are helping us really try and push ourselves out to this are actually coming a, away from Goodison Park, aren't they? Yeah, and I think the, the aware of us is actually keeping us up this season, Matt, because you know the, the last six away games, we've uh, only lost one, we've drawn four, and we've won one, and it's, it's the away form that's kind of a, a, has been a bit of a salvage, because the home, the home form's kind of fallen off a cliff, you know, we're, we're, we're conceding two, three, four goals regularly at home as well, and uh, it's, it's the away form that's kind of kept our head above the water, and, and I, I totally get the mood of pessimism you know, that, that, that Jake's espoused so well there, and the only thing keeps me going at the moment is looking at the lead table and saying, actually, we're still not in the bottom three and we just need to maintain that position going into the final two games of the season. And I think the big difference with last season as well is that um, we're the worst team than last season. So when you sell your best player, Richarlison, you sell a very influential figure in Anthony Gordon, who played his part in the survival role last season, you fail to replace them uh, you know, with better players. And, and that's kind of the, the mess we find ourselves in at the moment. So, and I think you mentioned there about Les Helms compared to 94 to 98. Yeah, I mean, I haven't you know, witnessed both of those relegation battles. The team in 94 was way too good to go down. And even if it had gone down, I was absolutely confident we'd come straight back up again. It, the, nine, the 1918 team was appalling. How we stayed up that season, I have no idea. But we did somehow and managed to re-establish ourselves over, over the, the coming season. So I just, I just think that... I'm really kind of hoping that Dyke's got enough about him to get us over the line here. And of course, there is one other scenario that the people aren't talking about, and that is we might actually have enough points to stay up as it is. I mean, that that would be amazing. But don't, don't, come on. I haven't, I haven't seen all the West Ham players smashing <laughs> the ale last night. I, I have my doubts about their capabilities of getting anything against Leeds on Sunday, to be honest. But yeah, but but, but, but do you not think that was the best result for this map? Because the worst result would have been West Ham to have lost, to come home deflated, have nothing to play for. That that final's not till the 7th of June, I don't think. So they've got two home games left. You're going to have the players competing to want to be in that final squad. The crowd's going to be up for it. So I thought that result last night actually did us a favour compared to, uh, to West Ham getting beat. And I, I also think as well that 
Um, you know, it's West Ham's last home game of the season. They're going to want to put on a good show. I know Big Sam's getting all this praise for what he's done, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he, he took West Brom down as well. He's got he's got Leeds a bit more competitive. I can't see Leeds be, be seeing West Ham. I can see him maybe getting into all there. And then are Leeds going to be Tottenham? But Tottenham has still got to play for that European place? I'm not sure. Oh, I, I don't trust Spurs at, at all. Like, they're, they're probably the team I trust the least on it. <laughs> We've got coming up. No, no, do I, Matt? But but it, you know, if if they need to win that game to um, to stay to get into Europe, then I'm, I'm sure they will do. But all we can do is quite simple, isn't it? We win our last two games, we're safe. You know, it, the the, the math can't be any simpler, and we'll have a clear situation where we are after Monday night. As you said, depending on the outcomes of the Leeds results and the Newcastle results, and you know, uh, this may come back to home, but you never know. Thirty-two points might just be enough. I mean, that's I'd almost be embarrassed to stay up with 32 points. <laughs> I mean, I'd take I, I it. I'd take it. I wouldn't be embarrassed at all, Master. I, I'd take it, but I don't know if I'll still be here by the time I, I stay up, Mr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be good for the nerves, would it, Jake? No, I'll tell you what, like, I, what, what I would say, though, I, I, think I, I think I agree about West Ham in the next game because I think, you know, they are on a high. It is that last game at, at home. Um, but I keep doing that. I keep saying about you know last game home, last game home. Um, but but Wolves is the last their last game at home as well, and it's yeah. that we need to think about. But I, I'd like to think that following Brighton, the results against uh, City, uh, you know, you can write off in many ways. Um, uh, but you know the attitude of the players and the and the fans afterwards. Yeah, this is in our hands. It is in our hands, and sometimes actually the the hands that I trust least are ours. But uh, <laughs> it is in our hands, and you'd like to think that if 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 the team talk is there, isn't it? You know, you you go and win away, away from the crowd, away from you know the pressure, and actually you can essentially cement your your place in the league on on Saturday if you know if you wanted to. So. Yeah, who knows? But I do think that um, we've 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 got to do everything that we can and and not really rely on on anyone else at this stage. It, that that like it's it's great playing first, isn't it? Like that's playing before Forest, before Leeds, and before uh, Leicester is ideal. It, you know, it, it's what you'd want, isn't it? And if you're going to pick the order of the fixtures, but like in the same breath, I got, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one, Jake. You know, the Brighton game came late in the week. Then there was on the bank all the Monday. Like I mean, we were reacting to everyone's results, and like the pressure was kind of off. I mean, I, I, I just don't know if I, if I trust these lads enough yet to to go out and really make a mark and put the stamp on on the weekend. And, and listen, I know they're playing a team that the season's over. It's late in the campaign. They, they did play really well away from home against Brighton, but I think that idea of being the team that is not under pressure but can put the pressure on, it kind of makes me feel a little bit more uneasy about it all. If you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. I I don't trust them. I, I don't like them. I can't stand them. <laughs> um, just uh, absolutely everything about about them is repulses me at the moment. Uh, but um, yeah, I I I actually think they would benefit from being away. I, I actually think. They are going to benefit from being away now and being at home um, next week. I think if I was to pick an order, I actually think that could benefit them a lot because playing a a game of of this level of this magnitude, um, 
at home, I think our nerves would be so shot uh, as a, as a fan base and as a a, a club and and, and a team uh, on the pitch. I think they can really benefit from having a little bit of freedom, having a little bit of you know going upset um, the the home crowd who. You know they've got nothing to play for. If they don't win, they don't win. They're not bothered. Whatever you know, it's it's not really that that cauldron that it would be if it was at Goodison Park, which would be so intense and so horrible. Um, so I I I do I I really really do hope that they can they can go away. I'm actually um I'm actually going to Rome tomorrow, um, and on everybody's behalf, I'm going to go to the Vatican. <laughs> I'm going to to me. At three o'clock, I'm going to the Vatican, and I'm not going to leave the Vatican until uh, until yeah five o'clock, and, uh, and and do absolutely everything I can. And I'm going to I'm going to wear the same clothes that I wore uh, when we played Brighton, and do uh, play. I will play my part in this, but I do think that they can they can uh, you know you see them against Brighton, you saw them even against. Uh, City, you know, you can play, you can play. So go and take that pressure off a little bit, uh, away from home, um, and yet yeah, not not even worry about anybody else. Just just go and do it. I, uh, yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm trying to convince myself a little bit here. Yeah, you, you go to Rome with. Do they know about your two hour break you're taking from the holiday to go and just? <laughs> Luckily, my it. wife would never listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Go on. Yeah, I was just going to ask Jake to uh, just make sure you get the time difference right, Jake, because it'll be four o'clock Italian time we kick off, won't it? It's a very good point. Yeah, it's we don't point. want to be three 0 down and you going in because then <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. the goal. No, I'll just go an hour early. That's fine. I'll just, I'll just yeah, I'll do, do whatever it takes. <laughs> Some divine intervention. But uh, yeah, uh, do you think it does suit us, Paula, being away from home? Because it, I suppose it's not just that the home record's been so bad recently, but. You know, the way in which Everton played against Brighton, where they, they were able to sit in and spring and, you know, get the core and McNeil and Iwobi and that Dom charging forward on the break. That, that that seems like Everton's best way of being a threat at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so, Matt. I think also as well that um, I'd rather be playing the second to last game of the season away from home, the final one at home, than vice versa. So... Uh, Hopefully, it will work in our favour. I mean, as Jake's outlined, there, you know, there are some grounds for optimism here. You know, we, we played better against City than Real Madrid did for the first 30 minutes on Sunday. We, 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 look, we, look, we put them under pressure, created a few opportunities that we didn't quite take. And on another day, which goal first, who knows? But you know, once they got that two goals in a minute, then that just killed us. I think the, my, my only concern with the Wolves game is... who. Who's going to fill that left side defence position? Because quite clearly, you know, most fans going to the game on Sunday, when the team was announced, you saw Holgate was playing a left back. It was just a collective feeling of horror that this wasn't the outcome, this wasn't the team choice or selection that we wanted. So the, it'd be interesting what he does there, whether he drops McNeil to be like a defensive wing back. I'm not quite sure. Wolves don't score that many goals, do they? I mean, they've now taken over our time with the lowest goal scorers in the Premier League. So that gives you cause for optimism as well. So, and given the fact we're scoring goals quite regularly away from home now in a way that we're not, not doing when playing at Goodison Park. So it, it, it might just work in our favour. And I think as you've outlined before there as well, Matt, the good thing about it, this could work two ways. This is all count on Saturday. We go there, we win, we put Leeds and Leicester under immediate pressure. We go there, we lose, 
badly and suddenly you're giving Leeds and Leicester a massive boost for their game. So once again, all we can do is be in control of our own destiny here. What we definitely want to avoid is going into that last home game against Bournemouth, having to play catch-up on either Leeds or Leicester to stay up because both of them got home games on the final game of the season. And you just don't want to be in that situation where you spend half the match watching Everton, the other half the match checking the score updates on your mobile. Especially at Goodison, where the signal is horrendous. Like, uh, oh, no, yeah. no, one, no one wants that, do they? Yeah. I think I'll just be my old transistor radio. That's going to be more reliable, <laughs> to be honest. No, Paul just took me on such a, a, a roller coaster ride there. Had <laughs> <laughs> every emotion. I felt I felt really optimistic and, and positive. And then and then I was right back down. And then I was back up. And then it ended with with last game of the season with a with a radio uh, trying to see <laughs> how, how how many goals Spurs have conceded. I mean that it's that the fault of that. I mean we'll talk about tomorrow's game after that. But I mean you, you said you said there, Paul. And like I don't know how much of those relegation battles you remember, Jake. You know I've got I've got some vague memories of the um, the Gareth Farrelly one. But I mean. I, I can't put myself in a position to even consider how like anxious it would be in that stadium. I mean, what 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 would they like to go through for anyone who's maybe could potentially go through this for the first time, Paul? What what what's it like going into the final game of the season knowing you need to get a result at Goodison Park to stay up? Oh, it, it's awful, Matt. It's, it's, it's not experience you wouldn't choose to go through again. Yeah, I, mean, I said the Wimbledon game, most Everton fans were, were confident before the match started that we, you know, the team was good enough to stay up that day. We, you know, we thought we'd, we'd definitely get a result against Wimbledon. And when we were 2-0 down after about 30 minutes, you think, oh my God, how on earth, how on earth has this happened? And then, of course, you know, you, you, and there's Limpar with his, an Olympic swimming style dive that got us back into the game with the penalty to get us back to 2-1. And once Barry Horn hit that scream, he just felt the tide's turning our way here. So the, 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 you know, the, the outcome after that second goal was more or less confirmed. Although most fans were still looking for score updates from around the country because there was still the possibility we could have won and gone down anyway. But fortunately, the results went in our favour. I felt the Coventry game was a really different game altogether. There was a real mood of pessimism going into the stadium that day. Everyone kind of felt that because Bolton were playing away at Chelsea, and if they could match our result, then they would stay up and we would go. We would go down, and uh, it, you know, it was just. It was a horrible feeling, you know, we'll one it up, then Nick Barbie misses the penalty, then Thomas Mara fluffs across and Dion Dublin equalises. And you just kind of think, no, it's, we're going down here, but, but somehow we held on. But uh, the Wimbledon game was a joyous experience at the end. It was an explosion of emotion and happiness that we'd actually stayed up. The Coventry game was just one of also relief and that, that a team that was so poor had somehow managed to get over the line. And I kind of think there's kind of a comparison there between last season and this season. If we get over the line, we, we, I mean, I, I think this Everton team is one of the worst teams I've seen winning a blue share for a long time. Uh, so if we get over the line, that would just that that would just be absolutely superb. And you no, know, whatever the outcome is, you know, whether we stay up or whether you know, let's hope that we stay up. If that is the outcome, what we cannot have is a repeat of this again next season. So whatever the outcome is, you know, as you go to relegation struggle, if we stay up, then there's got to be major, major change at the club. Because it's unfair to put such a passionate, loyal fan base through this trauma every season. Yeah, um, said hopefully we stay up. I don't know if Jake's quite there. Yeah, um, what, what, what stage? <laughs> what stage is? Do you remember any other? I mean, do, do, I I remember Nick Barmy missing that penalty, Jake. 
And I think I, yeah. I think I knew that he was a copite. So yeah, no, I, I was I was certainly not as as emotionally involved um, back then. So yeah, I, I this is this is really my I, I'd I'd say this is my first real experience of this and and being where we are today. I know I was just thinking there though, and I was just having a little look then, like. I know we're all talking about Leeds and Leicester, but you know, Forest have got yeah. two really, really difficult games here. Um, and that that should give us a little bit of hope as well, because having somebody else involved in it is is something that we should um yeah, we should we should have that in mind as well. But that that's such a sorry to interrupt, yeah. but like that's such a, a mental boost, I think, if they win tomorrow. Like it's not just yeah. We pull away. It's the two teams then, isn't it? I've got to because if you go to 16th, all of a sudden, two, you know, two sides have got to get results. Who've not got results much at all all season, and then you could be looking at it as like, well, maybe we just get there by virtue of the others just losing for the rest of the. Uh, I think, from my point of view as well, just a, an added element. I think you hinted at it uh, before, uh, Matt, when you said about you don't trust. Uh, Bears and, and Paul mentioned, but you know I've got just the the biggest distrust and dislike of uh, a certain manager who I I know that he is going to get results. I know that he is going to be desperate to uh, to send us down. Um, and I do do I do I trust? Uh, I don't even think I I just I don't even think it's the other teams playing against Leeds. I think it's literally that I think. I, I just I can't. I know leads are bad, but I, I in every scenario that I think of, I can just picture Sam Allardyce celebrating a win. And it, it's and and it and it knocks me sick. So having <coughs> Forrest in that as well, um, at least kind of gives that little bit of security that we're not just relying on Sam Allardyce getting beat. Doing what he did against when he was Sunderland manager against us, remember? Yeah. He like, took his jacket off and was Taking swinging his jacket it off, yeah. Well, it wasn't a pretty sight, that was it? Ah, oh, dearie me. No, we don't want that. But, I mean... But, on, but imagine, if you just had a little bit of optimism, it's kind of back up with what Jake's saying there as well. Now, Leicester City have only won one out of the last 12 games. So that kind of gives... you know They're going to have to have a massive turnaround in form to change, to change that sequence. Leeds United have got gone seven games without a win now, so I, I, I do accept this nightmare scenario of, of Arabi celebrating. But I'm I'm not totally I'm not totally convinced they'll win after the last two games. I really hope that doesn't come back on me. But uh, I'm, I'm quite quite confident that that they have they haven't quite got a, a good enough team to get themselves over the line there. Yeah, this is this is the downside of us beating Brighton five one because it was great. <laughs> but now I feel like everybody can beat anybody like by a man's scoreline at this point. If we can go to Brighton and win five one after watching them against Arsenal last weekend, like any anything can happen, can't it? In in the last few weeks of the season. The, the one thing that I would say though is go out and bet on uh, on Leeds winning and uh, Wolves <laughs> scoring over five games uh, goals because uh, Paul's just absolutely completely nailed that on them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just before we talk about the game tomorrow, I asked people how they coping online. Uh, Keith said, not great, not terrible. Uh, Maggie said, if I don't think about it, it's not happening. Uh, Dave Humphrey said, somewhere between rationale, denial, maths, and sheer bloody panic. Uh, Jack said, control controllables, but also ensure you are wearing every look of piece of clothing. <laughs> uh, that's quite a, a Daishian phrase, that, isn't it? Control the controllables from, from Jack there. I like that. Um and Mike Sullivan said, holding it together about as much as the Roy siblings, uh, when you'll get if you watch Succession. 
that um, just don't want our fate taken out of our own hands. But then sometimes I think, seeing it's Everton, maybe that's a good thing. I really don't know. Just want the season to end ASAP. Um, one more from TWS, who says, it's the spikes in the consistent chest pain that are the most debilitating. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of where we all are at the moment. Uh, but Jake, onto actual football. Paul hinted out there, no Mikolenko tomorrow, by all accounts. Um, Ruben Vinagre is disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, ben Godfrey is injured. Uh, that is a, a big problem, isn't it? Left back. That, you know, and I think, I think we show, he showed a bit of flexibility to go to a back five, didn't he, against Man City? But that was with Connor Cody, who obviously can't play either. Um, just feels like whatever decision he makes there, it's going to be one that people look at the team sheet and go, not sure about that. It, it is. It's a difficult one. I, I actually, although I was, you know, one of the one of those people who, when you put when you saw the team sheet last week, the, I think as soon as you saw it, everyone just said Holgate. Like that was the first thing that you said. Um, I, I actually, I could see his logic in that. You know, we'd just be right in five one. He didn't want to drop anyone. He didn't want to change too much. Um, he wanted to to keep. The shape and to keep everybody in in the position, it, and it would have been unfair to drop anybody. Um, and so you know he made the decision to to put Holgate in that position, and you know we kind of worked out how we thought it would. Um, I think he's now got to basically he, he's got to accept that he's got to change the shape, uh, and he's got to to bring you know the right people in. Whether you do three at the back and you bring in um you know a, a Michael Keane back in these are the, this is this is the reality of what our squad is is that every every time we're talking about somebody else coming in there's a wince and there's a um a grimace because you know the we haven't got a good squad at all. Um I I I I don't know. I can't call it. Is he gonna go with the five? Is that gonna you know, Paul said there, you know, they're not necessarily a goal scoring team, so do you need the five at the back? Uh, and is that gonna then mean that you can't have the attacking threat that you need? Um, I it's one of them. You've got to win. Or have you? I don't know. Is it better not to lose or to win? I don't know. I think, I think if we draw like it, it's it can be taken up our hands then, can't it? Like yeah. that's that's the thing. I feel like you've got to go in and try and win the game. But like it's it's like what you're saying there, like I think it would make sense in, in a lot of ways to go to a back five and have McNeil, McNeil playing as a left wing back, but he's been our biggest attacking threat by a mile, hasn't he, the last few weeks? So it's like then just all of a sudden you're losing that because he's got to play a little bit more cautiously. Yeah, and you can't afford to do that. So you need to, you need to keep your, your attacking threat. Our attacking threat, without a shadow of a doubt, is McNeil and it is uh, Dominic Albert-Lewin as well. So you have to keep them as an attacking threat. Um, so I think he possibly could go with a three at the back at this stage. Yeah, Paul, what about you? What would you go with? And, you know, I think it's, you know, Jake said Michael Keane coming back in there, but I think I'd be a bit uneasy about having Keane, Tarkovsky and Mina as your three centre-backs <laughs> in a back three. Like, and as much as he was awful last week, I sort of feel like if you're going to play Mason Holgate, you play him in a back three on, on the right-hand side. That's kind of been where he's he's been at his best. And, you know, like... None of these, none of these solutions are enviable, are they? No, and I think it, it, it's highlighted a, you know, a, a real 
false no recruitment policy, which we talked about all season, the fact that once our regular back is injured, then you know, we, we, the, the, there's no there's no one to cover that position. And yeah, Ruben Vinagre, you know, we, we, we don't hear from the guy for eight months. And the one time that you need and you find out he's injured, God knows how he's got injured. He hasn't played enough football to get injured, but that, that's another story, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dwight McNeil, it, 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 you know, as Jake said, it, it's a really tough call, this, because you know, if you... If, I think McNeil played as a de- defensive left back when we got the one all draw at City back in January and played really well in that role. So the, the other complication is if Wolves stop Traore on that wing, then you've got a really pacey winger up against our left side of defence. And I don't think Holgate is the man to cope with pacey wingers. So w- whether he might be part of a, a back three, as you indicated there, Massa, I, I, I'm just not sure. And I, I can't think of an obvious solution here. I, I mean, so w- whether you, you, the one thing we can't afford to do is concede because Wolves got quite a good defence. So whether we err on the side of caution, maybe you know, play play it safe for the first 45 minutes and then maybe in the second half try and go for something with pushing McNeil further forward, I'm not quite sure. But it, it is a it is a problem. It, it's definitely a problem area. I'm, I'm sure Wolves will be, be looking to target that area as well. And uh, it, <laughs> the other potential clash that worries me is Yeti Mina against Diego Costa. You know, that's going to end with one of them getting at least the cards or maybe something worse during the game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you'd imagine so. Looking at Haaland when he came off last week and all the, the pinch marks he had all over him. But <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about Traore as well. Like, as much as I don't think he's that great a player, like, he can destroy an out of position left back, can't he? Like, he's got that in him to just run riot down that wing all afternoon. Um, and, and, and if you remember, Matt, I mean, it was it was his goal. He set with the goal last minute, didn't he, for Bulls at Goodison Park in December? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, it feels like so long ago now, doesn't it? Boxing day, that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing to add in is that I do actually think that um, Patterson has been really good the last yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. The games, and it'd be a shame for him to have to drop out uh, because we're changing shapes as well. So I don't know, it, it's difficult, but yeah, I was just thinking there. I thought Patterson was actually one of the, the man of the matches on uh, against City. I think McNeil. Uh, was was a shining star on um, on in that game, but yeah, I think Patson has been really good recently. One of them, like, do you look at him and think you're playing well? You're confident you could move over to the left and do okay, or is that is that moving too much about then as well? Like, it just it, it, it feels like if you do something like that and you change the system, like, could you put a Woby at right wing back and, and aim at left wing back, or you know, the other way around, like? Yeah, we're, we're, we're in like we're in like you've got to do something mad territory, aren't we? Yeah, you are. But what you're in danger of doing is is complimenting somebody for doing a good job and then taking them out of that job to put them into yeah. house, whether that is Patterson or or a Wobi. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's not really an enviable. Uh, it's well, it, it's not an enviable position that Sean Dyche is in at the moment, but um. There's, there's no there's no obvious solution and actually beyond this game uh that just speaks so so much volume about actually the position that the the club are in the fact that we've got like a 34 year old right back who would devastate it is it can't can't says so much about it and just on that on the on the um, Vinagre, um 
you know, I think we we fall into this trap sometimes as, as Evertonians, but as football fans, is that we go, oh, where's he, where's he, where's he? None of us have even seen him play. We don't even know if he's any good. You know, we, we might put him in and if he was available and, and he, he has an absolute shocker, there's a reason he's not been playing. And um, so, yeah, we can't really hold that one down, but having no other options is is scandalous, really. Yeah, he was, he was brought very much of the idea that we were going to play wing-backs, wasn't he, in a three-man defence. I think he's more of a wing-back than a full-back, and, you know, we've been that off after two or three games, I think, didn't we? And he's, <laughs> he's not been, yeah. not been given a chance since then. And I, I suppose the other conundrum, Paul, is at the top end of the pitch. You know, Dice didn't give much away about Carvert-Lewin in his press conference in the week. He said he was going to train today. I've not seen mm-hmm. any of the club's photos or anything, so I don't know if he, if he has um, been out on the grass doing stuff today, but you know, I put I put a poll up on Twitter this morning. Now we're going to talk about this, saying you know if there's if there's a good chance that the Carver Lewin plays the weekend, but could aggravate an injury and miss Bournemouth. Do you, do you take the risk or not? And the overwhelming response was, you take the risk, you get him on the pitch. It, it feels very much like we're at that point now, aren't we? Where a 70 percent fit Dominic Carver Lewin is is still by far our best option, even if he could just do an hour. Well, I mean, given the alternatives, it's possibly Neil Mope. Then I played, I played Calvert-Lewin in a cast if it needs to be against against Wolves and against uh, against Bournemouth. But yeah, he's a yeah he has <clears throat> he has to play against Wolves. There's no question about that. Even if he only plays for sixty minutes or so, he has to play. And I think you know, the, the bigger question then is, you know, if you manage him in that way, if you, you know, if you have that impact, if you can get get us a goal, create something for us. When he comes off, is it Mopé or, or Sim? And to me, uh, I was bemused by Mopé coming on at the weekend against City because Sim seemed the obvious replacement for Mopé. And for some reason, I don't think quite Deitch quite trusts him. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what go, what the rationale is behind that. But yeah, Calvert-Lewin, if he's fit, he has to play. Uh, if he's half fit, he has to play. There's only two games left of the season. He's got all summer to recover from his injuries. If he can move, if he can, if he's mobile, if he can head the ball, then you, you've just got to get him on the pitch because in a situation like this, you want your best players on the pitch. And you saw the impact Calvert-Lewin had that, that, that week when we went to Leicester and drew two each, we went to Bournemouth and 1-5-1. Those four points could be the difference at the end of the season that that might just keep us up. And Calvert-Lewin was crucial in both of those two games. So even if he doesn't last the full match, even if he plays 60 minutes both games, you've got you've got to start with Calvert-Lewin. And I think you know, both me and Jake mentioned there that when you go when we went to the City game on Sunday, once you saw Holgate was playing, this collective despair came over most Blues. I think once again at the Wolves game, if Calvert-Lewin is not playing, it just puts a bit of a dark cloud on on the hopes and enthusiasm for the match. And even if he's only fifth off for forty-five minutes, put him on and start him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake, you and not along there, mate. You know, it, it feel like we're in no no tomorrow territory now, aren't we? It's, just, it's, just... It, it's literally drag yourself onto the pitch territory now. As Paul said, there, there's two games to go. I don't, I don't care if you if you don't run. You, you get on the pitch and you're there and you do anything that you can. If if the ball, if you're able to edit down, if the ball comes off your ass, whatever it is, you you'd be on there and um do do anything that you can. And and you know, it's not. It's not like dismissing the the lads' health and and fitness, but you know, put yourself whatever you can through. Now, just two games, you've got to. Um, we're gonna do it. Do you reckon? Kind of fancy does all week, but I'm, I'm wavering a bit now. <laughs> um, Jake, what do you reckon? I I I think we're gonna do it. I do, I do. I, I think I think we can go in there. Um, 
with a little bit of confidence, knowing that it is in our hands, but not in the like we've got to win. Um, I think, I think, I think, you, you know, I, what I would say is that we've been looking for a player who can help drag us across the line uh, all season. We've looked for that, like the Rich Allison type of player, and I cannot believe. I'm saying it uh, from where we were in the season, but I think we've got a player in Dwight McNeil who's who's gonna he'll take the game and he'll run at the defenders and he'll he can score. He showed us that he can score from from tight angles and anyways. He's he's in the probably the form of his life at the moment, and I actually think that with that, um, is is there any other players on the pitch who are in that 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 level of confidence, the form of the life, who, who who want the ball, want to run, and want to hit it? I think he could possibly be the difference. Paul, how about you? Yeah, I agree. So with what Jake said there, and I'll just add to, to the McNeil style. I think the core is going to be massively a, a massive influence in the game on Saturday as well, with his ability to break and get forward, and he's actually scored a few goals as well. So you kind of hope that you know, McNeil and the Corey, with their pace, you know, uh, can create a few problems for, for Wolves' defense. Yeah, and you're right, Jake. McNeil's been a revelation since Dyche survived, and just makes you wonder why Lampard never quite. Developed in the way he's, he, he's his games improved so it's beyond beyond recognition under Sean Dyke. I'm cautiously optimistic we're going to get we're, we're going to get something here. It's not going to be a five-one display like a Brian Buck. I, I can see he's just sneaking a one-nil win, a two-one win, and just putting the pressure back on Leeds and Leicester City. So it, it it goes against all logic, I suppose. But then again, as I said before. Last six away games, we've only lost one. And I think the worst case scenario is we, we, we get a draw, but I'm quite cautiously optimistic that given what's at stake, given the level of support we're going to have, and one of the good things about modern year, it's great having the whole side of the pitch there. It's going to be full of Everson fans. And I think that's going to make a difference as well. And we've just got to be at it from the start, hit them from the start, try and grab an early lead and then see where that gets us. Yeah, and crucially, we've got Jay at the Vatican as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'll I'll have a word and uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I know like you'd have to like pass through like the Sistine Chapel and all that like quick quite quickly, but I'm just gonna just I'm I'm gonna do a a, a, a just stop oil and um, I'm actually just. Tie my neck to an altar. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. While you're there, if you're having a word, can you ask him for us that we win the league next year as well? Stay up. Win the yeah. That's yeah. not something you to ask, is it? No, we'll, uh, let's see. We'll see. Uh, and and Jake, might be an idea to wear your Argentina shirts. Well, isn't the Pope an Argentinian? That's true. Yeah. I'll. Uh... I mean, I have to get on. Don't know where I'm going to do that, but we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to say everything. Yeah, everything, everything on it. Um, you'll see if it works. Um, cheers to Jake, cheers to Paul. That's been your weekly show. Uh, enjoy what's left of your weekend before Everton rock up at three o'clock tomorrow. Uh, fingers crossed, come Sunday night, Monday night, we're all free of this burden that has been around for far too long. But we'll see you on the other side, up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.